0: Oh, good morning. How's everybody doing? I I would say that uh, based upon Hurricane Ian's selected path for Beaufort, Bluffton, South Carolina, we're doing uh, much better than what we could have been doing. Um, But you know, it's always uh, it's always interesting, right? Like life will give you these little analogies. Just always remember that you know one person's blessing can be another one's curse. You know, and uh, the blessing that is Beaufort, well, guess what? That became a curse to other areas. Um, So. I try to be mindful of that. You know, when, when when we're saved here on the on the on the coast of a big storm, somebody else wasn't, and uh, it is awful for those families. I was, you know, of course, I uh, I was in Walmart. Man, what day was that? Thursday or Friday? I don't remember what it was, and uh, I actually was just going in to grab socks, and um, I was looking at the chaos, right? Like, I mean, everybody had created every scenario in their head on this hurricane. You know, my mother-in-law, God bless her, she's not in here. Um, but, you know, I'm getting a video message or a text message about every hour on the hour about where the eye of the storm is on Wednesday or Tuesday. Right. And I'm like, we've been down this road. You know, we know it's going to move. Just just stand fast. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, it does bring back, man, you know, to that Hurricane Matthew for us. Right. It put a tree through my house and I'll never forget it going back to my house. And I had a sunroof, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> laying in my living room, looking up to the top like, man, <laughs> that's something Um, but you know, then you look at areas like Fort Myers, right? And, and I mean, you got areas that will forever, ever, ever be changed. You know, uh, it will be edged in their history of whatever Fort Myers and and those areas become will become because of this storm, right? And how they rebuild better, uh, you know, from it and it will be a long road. But, you know, so again, I try to be mindful, like it's easy to put a celebr, you know, a celebration up there, like, oh man, saved somebody else wasn't you know, and uh, so it's always kind of be mindful of that, so, you know, our thoughts are with them, and, and I will tell you, you know, um, I remember years ago, I went to uh, Columbia when, uh, I don't know if y'all remember when Columbia had the massive flooding, and the, the dam structures were letting loose, and I, I the first house I walked into, I went with a group, we basically spent a few days up there just helping Columbia uh, gut their houses, is what it was, was, uh, but the first house I went into, single-story brick home, and the water, I was looking at the water line on the house, you know, I guess you could say probably ten foot ceiling, and the water line was about eight nine foot, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Right? And that's in the house above ground, um, you know. And I just remember. So what I would say that is like, you, you know, if you ever get a hand or you realize you can be part of a group to go give, you know, a day or two, even though it's a day or two, it does matter. You know, I watched like what we were able to turn in Columbia by gutting houses and getting all the debris out. It was a huge restart for them. Um, so you know, uh, thoughts and prayers, but also. You know, if it's something can be actionable in our life, you know, I always believe in. Uh, if we're willing and able, let's let's knock it out. But, you know, let's, let's switch gears. I am going to close. Usually, I get to come up here with a freebie, right? Like Daniel throws me a, a a slow pitch softball and lets me speak on whatever I want. This time, he gave me a left and right lateral limit. I don't know what's wrong with him, but um, he told me to. He wanted me to close out the series, right? And we we've been on this concept of. Uh, Of letting go, which is fine with me because I love the concept. I I actually really enjoy nerding out on the theory of letting go, right? Um, Like I'm talking about to the point of like you know diving into every rabbit hole. Why why does something? Why does somebody not let something go? Right? Like addiction, right? Like the end of the day, that's letting it go or not letting it go. Right? It's that simple. But then you get into the you know what is addiction and like man, how did they become addicted? Is it you know is it is is it a genetic disorder? You know, uh, can you chase it in the bloodline to the family to see like, man, there's four generations of addiction, right? And so, you know, did they not have a choice? And then I go back to the same thing. No, everybody has a choice, man, irregardless, right? You have a choice, you know? So so I do love the theory, you know, of letting go. And uh, I think it's been a good series, right? Um, because I do believe that bottom slogan of what is holding me back is is often the more important of that entire title, right? Like letting go is what it is, but truly what is holding me back? Because I do believe in my heart of hearts that a, that a life filled with purpose and passion uh, to Jesus Christ is the absolute best life, right? But I'm here to also tell you life's not fair, okay? There's going to be pain. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be bad things that happen to quote unquote good people, right? Because Again, good people is subjective to the eye of the beholder, but there's also a newsflash, right? Since the garden of Eden, are we really good or are we just weighing it on our own quantified scale to say, well, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of good things, right? So we don't, but we don't necessarily talk about the bad things. And, you know, so when, when I, when I look at this about like, what's holding me back, sometimes I think, you know, it's the simple things in life, right? Of just mindset focused and shift. To realize, like, even that phrase I said to say life isn't fair, to believe that and to be okay. I remember I was trying to think coming into this Sunday, somewhere between six and eight years ago, uh, I preached a message called Life wasn't Life Isn't Fair. And uh, I interviewed a young lady who lost a child in a swimming pool uh, who is the same age as my nine-year-old sitting right there. They were born uh, two weeks apart, right? And... Um, Woke up from a nap to find her kid face down in a pool, dead. You talk about an interview on life is fair, right? Uh, a young lady who sang in the chorus at church and, I mean, but I, but I will never forget, you know, like even in her, her, her own wisdom, I said, is life fair? And she said, no. But she said, why would we need God if it's fair, right? Like what would we look to if everything was just fair, um i was like no doubt you know and uh, but but i'll never forget that interview and it forever said in my heart you're right life is not fair right there, there's nothing nothing i could ever come to to believe that man that child should lost their life but why because i look through it through my earthly lens right and, and you know six or eight years later and again this doesn't make what happened any easier but i look at the amount of people who found christ if I sit down and truly think about it, who found Christ after that little child was taken, it's, it, it's quite amazing to think of that short amount of time that child had and the impact that child had for the kingdom of God. It came at an absolute cost that is very tough. But there was a why. And I do believe that that's part of understanding letting go and what is holding me back. There is a why behind the what in life doesn't mean you'll always understand it. It doesn't mean you even want to look at it, right? But there is a why behind the what uh, in our life. Even when we say, well, cool, all I see is what happened, and all I see is a whole bunch of negative, that's only your lens. Only your lens, not the lens of somebody else who viewed it from the outside, right? Where they watched you take trauma, and they watched you take hurt, and they watched you take sorrow, and they watched you just unbelievably deal with it with a level of love and compassion that they have never seen before in their life. That alone, right, has probably shifted that individual's thought process and soul for life based upon how they view you. Right. So when we go to let it go and, and what is holding me back, I believe that, you know, we're here for a group conversation. I'm going to warn you, I have zero slides up because I wanted this to be a much more conversational Sunday. I have nothing up but a title screen. Right. I'm gonna read from the Bible. You all ever heard it? It's a pretty good book, yeah? but I, I will read from the Bible. It's just not all my words. But I, I, I didn't want to focus here. Right. Because I want to focus on you, because I do believe that letting go, we have a group conversation. Letting go is an individual action. Right. It is an individual choice. It is individual problems. It is individual mindset. It is individual theory. So, you know, for me, right, it becomes letting go is a choice. First off, mentally, right? I'm going to, okay, cool. I'm going to let something go, followed by action, which means you really are going to do it, right? So so the mindset from physical, the mental, right? Okay, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to, you know, mess with this. And then there's action. I actually stop right? You know, and I think that's the hard part, you know, when we talk about many things, because we, in the mind, we often have it there, the initial thought, right? Like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. But then it comes up, right? And you're like, next time I'm going to stop doing that. Next time I'm going to stop doing that, right? And then it becomes, well, when, which next time are we talking about, right? And, uh, you know, and that, that's the interesting part of letting go, right? Is we, we just kind of bounce the timeline, over and over. And it's not hard. Like, if it's something we know, like, for instance, if you, you know, we go to the doctor and we get a bad report on something, they say, hey, no more X. I bet you'll come home and stop. Because if they, they tell you like, hey, this is life threatening. You keep doing this, you're going to die. All of a sudden, I bet, done. Right? I action died on that one. I'm, 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 I'm past it. I'm through it. No more. Right? But, but, but often the action doesn't happen until mentally and emotionally we get involved and realize its impact on our life that could be really, really catastrophic. Um, you know, and, and life is made up of the macro and the micros, right? The macro, the big picture, the micro, the little things, the little things that add up over time. Um, and, and when I think of letting go, right, it, it becomes this this balance to understand that letting go is really a mixture of an ingredients of time and energy, right? Where you, time and energy, I remember Billy Graham, I'm sure many of you have seen it. Billy Graham used to have this uh, kind of uh, viral clip that went on in our time, right, when you could push it through YouTube and all the social media platforms, that was the greatest gift God ever gave us, can anybody answer it? Free will, was what Billy Graham used to say, it was free will, right, because God gave us a gift to choose. Um, for me, you know, I, I, I can't argue with Billy Graham, right, I'm, gotcha, but, I, but to me, I think the greatest, you know, gift that God gave us was time, right, time, is time, time is what I believe is the greatest gift in our lives because we don't know the left or the right lateral limit to it, right? We do not know the beginning. We do not know the end. So all we can do is be blessed and thankful for whatever we have, right? Because I opened this up with somebody who didn't get much time, but all of us in this room, I am guess I'm looking for the majority. Probably I got the least amount of time we got it's nine years, right? The rest of us, we've been blessed. We have been blessed for some good years on this earth, right? And so, when, when I look at these things, letting go, and I talk about, you know, uh, uh, time and energy, and as we dig in, right, I, I do believe that it is very easy to be consumed with a whole bunch of things that don't matter, right, at the end of the day, and the, what I'm actually speaking on today is letting go of what really doesn't matter, right? I believe our life is consumed by so many micro details that don't really matter, and in my own words, the words I use, like, with, with my people at work, or, or what it is, I say, doesn't move the needle does it move the needle, right? And what I mean by that is, does that needle move one way or the other, right? And I want the needle moving to the green, right? I I want my needle moving positively. If it doesn't move the needle, like I tell my people, if it's not moving the needle, why are we wasting our time and our energy into it, right? Time, you do not control. You do not control the left and right ladder limit, but what you do with the gift, you absolutely do control Energy, right, on the other side is what we give out, right? We do have some control there. We get to choose what we give that energy to. And we've even, we're smart enough now, right? We can look up reports to be like, man, I can actually develop the energy systems in my body to different degrees, right? For instance, if somebody's going out to run a hundred mile, you know, ultra marathon for somebody who can only run a three mile ultra marathon, they have developed two different energy systems and the capabilities of them. Right, so we can we can alter the energy system, but we get a choice with energy: how we put into it, what we don't. And so much of our life is consumed by stuff that just doesn't move the needle, you know. And I think about it, and think about me right here: parenting, leading, managing, interaction with our friends, right, uh, day-to-day operations. How much of that is occupied by stuff that really don't matter? How many times do you read a text or pick up a phone call to listen to somebody tell you about so and so that moves no needle in your life? Right, it's called gossip. Right. And uh, and the beauty is the underlining message that I have today beyond of letting go of things that don't really matter is because Jesus was the absolute master of time and energy management. Right. Because what I just say, I said it's called gossip. Pretty sure I've read in a good book over here. Gossip's one of the things we're supposed to stay away from. Right. Realize you you can view the Bible in a couple different lenses over. It's a hard left, hard right on what I should and should not be doing. Or you could realize, like we talked about in the beginning, it's about your best life. There is no doubt in my mind that as the Bible was written, it was written knowing gossip is a gigantic waste of your time. It is nothing about the, the idea of it's going to halt the spread of Christianity or halt the knowing of Jesus Christ. It's a waste of your time. It is a waste of your time right? And if you think about it, and I'm going to let you kind of ponder it as we, deep, as we think about it, but think about just even the Bible stories you know and how precise they were from Jesus. His time and energy was gold, and he knew it. He knew how to act on it. He didn't waste time, right? There wasn't fluff behind it. You know what I mean? Was, like, you think about it. Jesus said, follow me, keeps walking. He didn't stop, right, to sell the good news. Think about it. His interaction wasn't a hard sell, right? like It, it wasn't this like, hey, With me, you get eternal life. Your soul will go. No, the first inner, follow me, right? Follow me. And why? Because we already talked about it, right? How people view you, right? People must have been viewing Jesus to realize it was that attractive. Follow me. I'm out. I'm going, right? Think about our lives. If We said, follow me. Are people following you? Are people like, to what? What am I following you for? Look at your life. Are you serious? Right. And and, and this is where I'm saying about things that don't matter, because guess what? If your life is intertwined in a whole bunch of stuff that don't matter. A lot of people view that. Right. Think about your social media posts. Right. You know, I mean, God bless it. And I'm going to go ahead and jump in the rabbit hole right now. And I usually promise Daniel I won't. but I'm going to jump in it. You know how many posts I see people putting political thoughts and different things about? I'm like, what do you think this does (laughs) besides cause division everywhere? Because I got news for you that the whole idea of what you're saying is subjective on your viewpoint alone. So why waste the time? And then I'll say, well, who's your congressman? I don't know. I'm oh, no, no kidding. Who jobs represent? I don't know. But, but you're hard or you're hard, right? Again, I'm going to stay out of the rabbit hole. But what I'm saying is, is people view that. People view that, right? And I'm going to be real with you. When it comes to the kingdom of Christ, you're left and right, you know, as far as what you're doing and, and projecting and, and trying to hold dear and wasting time and energy and let there are people that have panic attacks over politics. I'm like, what is going on? right? The kingdom of God does not grow through panic attacks on politics. Fact, right? I can vote in November. I'm going to vote. There's my point. Next, right? Like I've got to move on in life to things that matter in my life, right? And things that I can control and things that are healthy for me to give my time and my energy to. Because see, here's the thing, right? You and I, we get the same amount of time. We do. We get 24 hours a day right? We get the same amount of time. If I consume this time, right, with, with, with things that don't matter, and I give my energy to things that don't matter, to gossip, to rabbit holes like I just did, right? Like to, you know, all these little things that don't move the needle in the kingdom of Christ, it's called a waste of your time. And I'm going to take it one step farther. It's called a waste of the time God has given you, which I just told you, I feel is the greatest gift He gave us. He put you on here for a certain amount of time, and we're wasting it. Right, And that to me is where I start today with that I believe that is one of the, if not one of the greatest, I can't say the, the it is one of the greatest differences between us and Jesus. Find me a Bible story where Jesus wasted his time. Find me a story where Jesus was, was worried about the naysayers and didn't just simply keep moving. Right. Find me a story where, you know, uh, Jesus isn't getting bashed by the Pharisees on on the religious law. Keep moving. Right. I got to keep going for my mission, for my mission. And to me, that difference, I don't think we alert ourselves to it enough. It's the fact that, you know, the blueprint of a blessed life, of a great life to live like Jesus is he shows us through it. Don't get caught up in things that don't matter. It doesn't matter what they're saying about you. It doesn't matter what they think about you. It doesn't matter. I saw Lewis Howes yesterday put, he said there's 7.5 billion people in the world and you're worried about what one person thinks about you. hmm 7.5 billion people in the world, and you're getting caught up on time and energy about what one person thinks about you, right? And, and imagine if Jesus got caught up with what people thought about him. Whew, right? I mean, imagine what would have been. So for Jesus, right, every moment mattered, right? Every interaction mattered. Every word he said mattered. Every miracle mattered, right? Every parable mattered. Mattered. It all mattered, and Jesus never—that wasn't by chance. It's the genius of Jesus that he knew that it mattered, right? And if you think about it, well, why do I say all those things, right? The movement, right? The way he, the the words, his interactions, because, right? The kingdom of God is rarely actually spread. Often with one-on-one interaction, it's often spread in group environment, and what people see and hear. Right. So I'm always mindful of that, of my interaction. I always tell the story. Right. I remember going by. I was actually on their staff at the time. Praise the assembly of God in Buford. I remember one day driving by. It was a church service. I was speaking somewhere else. It was a church service had just their last service had let out and there was a car broke down in the middle of the road. And everybody coming out of the church is on, you know, like there's a fire drill just laying on the horn. And, my, you know, you got a little little old man broke down in the middle of the road. Everybody come out of the church, and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm driving by the church watching you leave the church, and that's your reaction of help. Let me make sure I go to that building on Sunday morning. They got to be good people. It matters. It matters. Those are the things that matter. I mean, my kids used to get on me every once in a while because I'd stop and uh, you know, help people, you know, all over the place. And uh, I remember one time I was a little lady with an uh, a re- electric uh, wheelchair and she got her little wheels hung up on a sidewalk and she couldn't, man, I whipped the car in the me- my truck in the median, and hopped out, run across, man, give her a little push, you know. I remember getting back in and one of them was like, why do you do that? I'm like, why not? What else you got to do? Just driving. Stop and help somebody. They need help, right? It matters, and that's what I'm saying here, right? For Jesus, these things mattered, and he exemplified that to us. And I think we very easily overwrite about how we live our lives and consume ourselves with things that really don't matter or move the needle into it, right? But here comes the wild part, because, see, all these things mattered to Jesus, because he was conscious. He had a, he had a, he had a window, right? He had a window on earth. He was going to be taken, right? So he was conscious, very conscious of time. But here's the wild part. You and I know the same thing. We will be taken from this earth. But sometimes we, we think it's almost uh, infinite, right? Or it's not going to happen to me. Or it's not my time yet, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm healthy. I'm okay. I'm young. Why? It's not going to be me, right? Uh, but again we know what Jesus knew. We're going to be taken from this earth, right? So our time really does matter. The gift we've been given and what we do with it and how we spend our energy really, really, really boils down to does the kingdom of God grow or not, right? Every wasted moment we have, I mean, if we want to get real down to it, every wasted moment we have didn't really help the kingdom of God. Good moments, When I'm when I'm firing, right, my soul was on fire. I'm doing these doing what I know is is the love of Christ. Kingdom of God grows. Right. But it was a choice right there. I simply just had to go left or go right. It was a choice of my energy and of my time. You know, so so what I want to say with this is that if we want to live like Jesus, right, and and we want to grow the kingdom of God, we have to take a look at our lives and say, what am I spending time in that really doesn't matter, that is not moving the needle, in my family, professionally, so that I can live like Christ? Because I believe living like Christ is not, a, uh, is not a part-time job. Like I can do it up until X, right? It's a full-time gig. You can live like Christ in every single area of your life. But where does it become a time consumption that we're letting things actually consume us that are actually bringing in the bad things of life, like depression, anxieties, right? Don't forget, I'm pretty sure there's a Bible verse here says, be anxious of nothing, right? Why do you think back in the Bible all the way back then, there is a verse, be anxious. It's the genius of Jesus. It's the genius of God. They're telling you what's going to consume you. Yeah. Telling you. They're giving us the playbook, right? Be anxious of, well, I'm anxious. No kidding, right? Are you serious? Right? Yeah, let me tell you, I, I've dealt with the wars to that. Like, that was my time of PTSD, right, where I was like, you know, anxious about like, oh, hit my toe, gonna die tomorrow. You know, like, I mean, I had figured it out how to be anxious, right? And I realized, man, like, it's my energy. It's my time. I'm giving it to the anxiousness. I'm not giving it to Christ, right? And, And as we As we want to take a look at ourselves, right, I'm going to ask you this, and we're going to open up the Bible and read a little bit to to kind of get to why I believe Jesus was the absolute master of time management and and how he gave his energy. I want to ask you this, right? Can you identify in your life somewhere right now, right? You don't have to say it out loud, uh, but identify somewhere in your life right now that you know you are wasting time and energy on. Right? I just want you to think in your head for a minute. Right? Can I identify one area in my life that I am 100% wasting time and energy, and I know, I know I'm wasting it? Now, I'm going to ask you this. What did you identify? Again, don't tell me out loud. I'm asking this as a subconscious. I, mean, I got to be careful with those, right? Somebody say something like, what? But again, right? What, 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 what did you identify in your life where you're like, you know what? 100%, I, I am wasting time and energy right here right? And if you want, you can write it down. Put a note in your phone, right? Put a a note up here in the good old whiteboard of your memory. Where are you wasting time and energy? But here I'm going to the kicker is, right, is I I, I want people to raise their hands, but I'm not going to ask you to. But I'm going to say, how many people thought, don't raise your hand, how many people thought of something right away where they're like, hey, I'm wasting time and energy right here. And again, I'm not a betting man. I like my money. I don't like to give it away. But if I had to bet, I bet we have probably got 100% that came up with something. Probably like that, where they're like, dang, right, that, right there. I did. That is taking all my time and energy, right? Okay, so cool. I'm going to ask you another question. Identify somewhere in your life where you know you should be giving time and energy to, and you aren't. So what is something that should be receiving more time and energy from you, but it's not? that you're, you're, you're basically neglecting that and choosing no, right? And again, if you want to write it down, make a note on it, make a middle note, whatever that looks like for you, that's fine. But here's the wild part, is how quickly we realize the good and the bad in our choices and in our time and our energy management. But for some reason, we don't elect right away to fix it. Like, IE, I just asked that question, we're all like, that, I'm wasting time. But why? Why do we keep wasting time? Right? And, and, and I, I firmly believe we keep wasting time. It's very easy for us because we don't know the end date. If you want me to give you, go to the end of the story and tell you why I believe we waste time, it's because we, 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 in our theory, we all want to live forever in a way. Right? We have this infinite, it's not my time yet. Right? Which is okay to live by. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is wrong if you keep pushing and handling the stuff that you can't control, right? And, and doesn't really matter. And that's consuming your life. It does matter then, right? Because it's going to take all of your time away, right? And, and, and when, it, when it's all said and done, right? Uh, you know, I live by this kind of phrase, right? Of purpose, passion, legacy. When it's all said and done, right? Like we, we still want to be directing people to the, to the good Lord when we're dead, right? I, when people say your name, we want to still be directing people to the good Lord because that's what comes of your name. That's what's brought up when they talk about you, right? I always tell you, man, my grandfather is my hero. My absolute hero was my grandfather. World War II generation cut from a different cloth. The greatest thing ever happened to me in my life was being raised a good portion of my life by that man, right? Because there wasn't a bad day. And I think about it, I'm like, man, you got an heir that lied about their age to leave home to go to a world war. Huh? Right? And again, I had my time in the war, but it wasn't a world war. And I wasn't lying about my age either. In fact, I remember when we went to war, I was like, dang, am I still under contract? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it gets real. But you got a generation, man, a lot of them lied about their age to go to war. But my grandfather was my hero. And whenever he comes up, the one thing I've noticed over time, I had nothing but good things to say about him. And one of them was the way that he loved the Lord. And one of them was the the way that he represented himself even on Sunday mornings. Right? Third pew back, far left. Hymnal open, singing his song prior to church service, at that back door in his suit, greeting people. But he carried that to his house. It wasn't a Sunday show. That was the way it was, man. I remember my grandmother, it's the last word, I'm going to tell you, just because he always brings a smile to my face, and I think he'll touch people's spirits. I remember near the end of his life, well, I'm going to give you two things. Number one, that man, until the day he died, used to come still watch me graduate recruits on Island as a Marine Corps drone shuttle like I was playing youth sports. That was his level of care, right? He would come all the way from Northern Virginia down just to watch me graduate a platoon, Across that parade deck, like I was still out there on the soccer field or something. Uh, that was his level of care. But, too, I remember my grandmother had boiled some beans one night and, and you could hear them splashing, psh, 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 hitting the pan. My grandfather had nothing to do with them. They're sitting in the living room. She said, Junior, them beans are boiling and they're boiling over. And my grandfather right up out at Betty, I can't believe I forgot them things. I'll get on them right now. It'll never happen again, right? Like I, I mean, that was my grandfather. He didn't waste his time with things that didn't matter. He could have sat there and argued with her. I didn't put the beans on. How I many of us do that? I didn't put the beans on. You get up and go do them. How are you blaming me on it? What difference does it make? Does it move a needle? Probably not. Besides, I'm right and you're wrong. Right? So as we come down through it here, I'm going to bring it into it. We're going to read a little scripture. And we're going to get out of here to basically say, you know, hey, why was Jesus such a master? Right. And, and, and how did he use his time and his energy? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. Right. I'm going to give you a couple things. Number one, in all of Scripture, it's my favorite verse. What is the greatest commandment ever given? Jesus was asked. Right. Who was he asked by? Anybody know who he was asked by? Pharisees. They're trying to trip him. Right. Because the Pharisees were all about things that didn't really matter and move the needle. Right, they're kind of making sure, like I am. I got a sport coat up here preaching on a Sunday. You know, I'm of the Lord if I got a sport coat on, right? I, he cannot do no wrong if he's dressed good on a Sunday morning, right? Um, Pharisees were all about all kinds of things. Didn't ma- didn't matter, right? I mean, but he said, "Look, would you, well, well, what is it then? What's the most important thing?" You said, uh, "What? Love the Lord your God with all your soul, your mind, your heart. Love your neighbor the same." A lot of people like to give the love the Lord part, but they forget the love your neighbor. Right? Who's your neighbor? Jesus? People. People. So if Jesus is telling us that's the greatest commandment ever given, his time and energy focus, we already know why. Because the mission is to love. The mission is to love. And that's tough. That's tough, right? But the second part to this, say this is, is why do I believe all this matter? and Jesus was a master of time management is, you know, if you look, if you think about it and you go into Matthew 28, and I, I am reading, uh, you know, I, like I've told y'all before, I do like certain times to read from the message, but I'm going to read from it again today. And uh, you can tell me if you've ever heard some of these words, right? Matthew 28, Jesus uttered, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism. Baptism, what am I saying, in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as to this day after day, right up into the end age, called the Great Commission. Right? He gave us purpose. He gave us purpose. He gave us passion. He gave us passion of love. Right? And his legacy was defined by those. He was the master of time and energy. Because those two pieces of scripture right there describe Jesus's life. He loved. And he seeked out to make disciples at all times. So Jesus didn't have the time we had. And now you get to say, well, cool. I'm going to speed it up because I've been running my mouth too long already this morning on things that don't matter. Right. But I'm going to speed it up a little bit. And, And, you know, the interesting part is to say, "Okay, well, how about when, uh, when it didn't matter, right? Like what, what was Jesus' approach to that? And, uh, you know, how did, how did he handle it? And what I'll charge you with, if you've never really read it, sitting through in Matthew's chapter 22 and 20, 22, and 23, I believe is some of the greatest examples of Jesus' passion about wasting time on things that don't matter, right? Because he is engaged in the Pharisees a lot right here. and and them bringing up the religious laws and all that leads it. And and let me tell you, I I saw, buddy, I saw your shirt, and it it said, "What? it's not religion, it's a relationship. 100% agree, right? And and I'll tell anybody, you know, hey, I am kind of the anti of, like, getting on big religion kicks, right? I mean, trust me, take the sport coat off, man. I got, you know, I'm not exactly the image most people see speaking on a Sunday morning in a lot of places uh, via tattoos, but I tell anybody, man, spirituality without religion is dead. Religion without spirituality is dead, right? Just fact. You need both. You, you need both. So both both do exist. But when we think about it, right, uh, in, in how, you know, Jesus responded uh, with the Pharisees. And, and what I will ask you again is is sit in in Matthew chapter 22 and 23 this week. That's what I would challenge you with. And, and it is to understand to say, you know, how did he react? And I'm going to read a little bit, right? Because I want you to understand this and we're going to talk about it. He said, now Jesus turned to address his disciples along with the crowd that had gathered with him. The religion scholars and Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. That's important, right? They're competent. You won't go wrong in following their teachings on Moses, but be careful about following them. Mm. Mm. Do as I say, not as I do, right? Be careful about following them. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts. They live it out in the behavior. It's all spit and polished veneer. Some versions have, they're called whitewashed tombs, right? Pretty on the outside and dead on the inside, just calling it for what it is, right? Instead of giving you God's law for food and drink by which you can banquet on God, they package it in bundles of rules, loading you down like packed animals. They seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under these loads and wouldn't think of lifting a finger to help. Their lives are perpetual fashion shows, embroidered prayer shawls one day and flowery prayers the next. They love to sit at the head of the table, of Church of Dinners Christ, basking in the most prominent positions, preening in the radiance of public flattery, receiving honorary degrees, and getting called doctor and reverend. Jesus is angry. Wrong. He's passionate. He is not angry. Man is a master of emotion a master of time, and he loves. People confuse the two all the time. You're angry. No, I'm not. I'm passionate about this because I know the outcome. In your life, if you consume yourself with stuff that don't matter, is you're going to waste it. And you're going to look back way too many years later and say, man, why did I waste it all? That was why Jesus was a master was right here right don't get caught up in the things that don't matter he was spot on here with the pharisees digging into him deep about the old idea of religious laws right and and trust me i get it right i you know I, I came up in southern baptist church like i said what did i tell you my grandfather had on every sunday he had a suit on right i wore this thing on purpose today right i wore it on purpose. you know what i mean look the part gotta be okay gotta be okay right don't worry about things that don't matter. I could be up here in shorts and flip-flops. It has nothing to do with the message of Jesus Christ. And I know there's people who are going to keep back. Oh, you give God your best. Ah, okay. Sunday morning ain't your only best. I hope to see you like that on Monday through Saturday, too, then, if we're giving God the best. Don't play with me on this one, right? Because I think religious law, I'm going to give you a couple real ones, right? Millennials, 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 the ones that are front and center front and center, three quarters, three quarters is saying, I don't, I don't see a need for God. Just being real, just being real. And if you think you're going to call the children of God to God with a whole bunch of stuff that don't matter, like laws and rules, I don't know. It could be tough. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, right? What I'm saying is don't get lost in what don't matter if that ain't working, right, you know, I I see it sometimes, man, vans go by, some vehicles go by on my side of the river. They got some pretty harsh messages, right? Like, I'm like, oof. And I mean, there's scripture, right? There's no context. There's no nothing. How many times is that somebody's first interaction with me even reading a verse or hearing the gospel? I'm like, man, that's a fear tactic. Point blank. I'm going to call for what it is. It's not that it's not true. There's no context. There's no context to it. And God didn't pick and choose a verse to say, bam, that one's applicable. Bam, that one's applicable. No, the story is applicable, right? The whole story is applicable. So uh, as we get ready to close here, I'm, I'm going to bring the plane down. And what I want to challenge you with, right, is, you know, I, I don't want to get lost in religious rules and and all that, right? I'm not not here to preach about that today. Not at all. Rules exist for a reason, right? And again, Christianity without law is tough. Law without Christianity is tough. Both need each other, right? Like you, you think about If we had no law, what would we be doing? Well, shoot, if I can just steal $100, well, it's not stealing anymore. There's no law. If I could just kill that man and take his problem, killing's not a law, huh? so right? World's different that way, so we need law. And, but I'm not here to close on that, right? What I'm here to close on is for you to be mindful of what you're consuming your time with in your life, and are you moving the needle? Are you moving the needle for yourself to become more like Christ? Are you moving the needle for others to know Christ? Are you moving the needle for others to even get closer to Christ? Right? That, that, that's my allusion. So I, I, I'll leave you with this. I'm going to read you this. It was a beautiful thing. It's ten things. I'm going to pray for us. And Jacob, I promise I'm done. It's about the third time I said it. Ten ways Jesus guarded his time. He guarded his devotional life. He did not sin. Jesus was not driven by the expectations of others. Jesus had a clear strategy. We just got done talking about it. Pretty good. Jesus established priorities. Just got done talking about it. Pretty good. Jesus made time for individuals. Jesus equipped others. Jesus chose his company. Jesus recognized the need for rest. Jesus was never idle. Can't really argue with it. Right? What I would say is, is be a protector. Be a protector of your time. Be a protector of your energy. It, it, it is not wrong for you to not give somebody energy when it is negative and it is not of Christ. It is not wrong. It does not mean you have to not love them. Right? You still love. It just means I know better. Christ has showed me to know better, to not engage here, to not give my energy here, to not give my time here. My wife says it the best, right? She says, pick your battles, right? Especially with my kids, man, because they be trying to come up with some crazy stuff, man. You know what I mean? Haircuts and all kinds of stuff that really matter, right? That's my point. I got to pick my battles, man. Like, you know I'm worried about my kids' hair, man, for real, because it's not like mine. You know what I mean? So that's what I that's what I charge you with, right? Picky battles. Understand time and energy, and I believe it. You know, again, not going against Billy Graham. I believe free will is an incredible gift, but time. Time is so precious, right? And, and what, the the worst thing we could do is realize to get to the end of the day, and when people say your name. Yeah, they were a good person, man. Leave a legacy. If you think about it, man, Jesus left a legacy. We still talk about it. He's been dead from earth for a long time. Think of that legacy, right? And I think that's what we're actually charged with through the Great Commission, is that if we live an exemplified life like that, that is absolutely getting rid of stuff that doesn't matter, and we're living it on these purpose and passion and legacy idea, that's what people say about us. And we still bring people to the Lord, even when we're not here on earth. I still I firmly believe that. I'm going to pray for us, Um, you know, that was a great feeder, too, because we got a new series starting. And we're also riding into Missions Month. So, you know, uh, it's another place. I was, I was talking to Rachel before service, you know, leading into missions. I said, you know, you go, Jacob, you can come up. I said, you know, missions are wild to me, man. I've been on a few trips. I was like, you know, you come there, man, with all the jazz. You got soccer balls, candy, man. You, you're ripping it. And, and doing good, honestly, man. Just, just, you know, loving on kids, giving a great message. And I always, anytime I go with a mission team, I always ask them at the end, man, I'm like, who wants to stay? And they're all like, oh, my gosh, me. I want to live here forever and be a missionary. I'm like, how many asked to come with you? They're like, none. I'm like, dang. isn't it? Do we ever stop and think the countries that often we go serve missions to are completely content with having nothing? And we over here trying to get to nothing. What in the world? So I love missions time, man. I'm going to give a, I'm I'm preaching one of those Sundays. Daniel, give me another left and right. I think he's testing me. So I got to make sure I'm on my game. Um, but then that may, you know, uh, like I said today, I want it today to be a conversation, right? I want it to be a self-reflection as we close a series of letting go, right? Identify things that need to be let go mentally. Identify them and make actionable items on them. Make actionable items. Because if not, it becomes tomorrow. You know what I mean? Tomorrow. 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 And I got a can of Grizzly Wintergreen Long Cut back there, and I've been saying that dad going tomorrow for too many years in my life. But it's a prime example. Why? Because I haven't got the horror report yet. I can bet you if I went to the doctor tomorrow and they'd say, my man, you dying from chewing. I'll be, oh, I'm done. Don't wait till it's too late. Right? And just remember, love. Love. Starts with loving the Lord your God, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love yourself. Love other people. And I think the Great Commission is automatic if those things are happening. I really do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, man, we're blessed to be in your house. We're blessed to be in your presence. We're blessed just by the the life you led us, God, that you you could show us a path, Lord, and in the genius that you were, you knew what we would face. And you didn't leave us just with what we would face, God, but you left us the answer. Heavenly Father, I, I pray for all of us that we that we look inside. Right. And, and are, what do we need to let go of? What, what, what is not mattering? What's not moving the needle? Right. What, what where are we, Lord? And let us make change. May we love you with all our heart, our mind and our soul. May we love our neighbors the same. May we go out and reach the lost. May we make disciples and forever faithful to your name. God, I pray for everybody in this room. I, I pray just the, the, the blessing of peace on their life to realize that they've been gifted another day. And the greatest gift that you've given us is time to make a difference for the kingdom of Christ, a time to love people. Lord, I pray as we go throughout our week, we're reminded of this. I pray that we touch souls through you. I pray that our souls continue to be touched by you. I pray safety over everyone, and I pray just abundant blessings of a good life in your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.